Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 51, second attempt? I guess we're going <laughs> to... I don't know. Uh, so this is episode 51 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am, as always, your host, the Razgrees, with our, as always, present co-host, the Buck Grundle. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. If you're listening to this version of episode 51, you're probably listening to it a little later than you thought you would. Reason being, we actually did film an, an, another episode 51. Uh, we had uh, some guest stars on that show, and I was a damn idiot. And I didn't do a test run first, and the audio on it was borked. And it literally, I uploaded it to our server before we even figured it out. Uh, so I had to pull it, and here we are again, now with just Buck and I uh, taking care of episode 51. And this is going to be a kind of a makeup episode, Buck? Is that, is that how you describe it, maybe? Yeah, I mean, you know, second attempt, man. Episode 51, part due. Well, you say that, and I was hesitant about saying part two, because this is going to be a two-parter episode. Uh, we're going to try to get back on track and keep our, our schedule the way it was. So we're going to do episode 51, and then we're immediately going to move into episode 52. Uh, now, they're going to be broken up on uh, on our platform, so if you're, if you're listening to the audio version of this later... Um, there you go. You're gonna be you're gonna have both ver- both of them up, and you're gonna get one. You're gonna get two episodes this week. So uh, kind of like an apology for being a week late. So thank you for sticking with us. Um, for those of you who are wondering, that is what happened. Uh, the estrogen edition of the Social Liability Podcast was a failure. <laughs> so, um, but to make up for it, we're also looking at adding additional guests in the near future. Uh, a lot of personalities that I've been associated with and had the pleasure of knowing have agreed to be on the show. So we're going to start moving forward with that here in the very, very near future. But that being said, Buck, how has your week progressed? You know what? It's uh, It's been pretty uneventful. Um, you know, except for uh, except for the very close brush with catastrophe that, that you know, caregiver Katie and I had. Uh, okay, um, I've not been aware of this one, so please do tell. Well, I mean, it's not like like if you were to, if you were to like read that as a headline in the story, and then get the story, you would be very upset, very disappointed. It wasn't wasn't that big of a t- catastrophe, but caregiver Katie and I are enrolled in a program where she actually gets a paycheck for taking care of me. It's awesome. Okay. But the thing is, is that in order to get that paycheck, you have to have proof of residence set in. And you have to have it sent in by June 1st. Well, you know, right around last Saturday is when I finally got around to, uh, to like, you know, getting this ball rolling. Because neither one of us remembered. It just, like, slipped our mind. And, uh, you know, my Medicaid worker called me up and was like, hey, don't forget to do this. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I talked to the lady at the uh, at the payment processing center. And she's like, yeah, I could take a week to two weeks to uh, to, uh, to register and blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, is there any is there any way that we can expedite this? You know, she's like, well, you could fax it in. So <laughs> I has got a fax machine. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean, facts? 
Like, what are we back in the twentieth? Like, what? What? Are we? <laughs> so, she's like, "No, it's an email to a fax number," and I'm like, "You have lady, my attention. <laughs> you're not. You're not reading this right. You're. It's an email. Okay. So." She's like, yeah, if you email it, it'll only take three to five business days. So I was like, all right, cool. So I email it in there. I immediately call back in like Did you get it? about 45, <laughs> 45 minutes later after I emailed it. I was like, I know it's not processed, but did you get it? <laughs> so they're like, no, blah, blah. I was like, so you're telling me. I got to call back in here on Monday. She's like, well, no, you know, if you send it to that email, it'll turn up. And I was like, I appreciate your assurance, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I will not be hanging my hat on that nail. <laughs> so Monday I call up, no dice, not showing as received, not showing as processed. Tuesday I call up in the morning and I'm like, all right, man, here's, here's what we're going <laughs> to do. It's me again, Margaret. <laughs> Like, I call up in the morning, got Catherine there, you know, caregiver Katie with me. And, uh, you know, we're like, okay, so we're going to check the status on this. Caregiver Katie throws her little flare in there, asks all other appropriate questions that might be able to troubleshoot as to why we can't find it. So long story short, I called in three times that day. And then nothing. <laughs> like, this is in handicap world, man. Like this is, this is some real riveting suspense. Like Medicaid bought this whole chair, but until this got figured out, man, I was on the edge of my seat. Like it was, it was really, woo, quite the nail like biter. wire blew up. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, and I know I'm taking like the Dragon Ball Z method of of like explaining this. Like it's taking like forty episodes to get to the fucking point. And I'm sorry about that, but like I said, this is very stressful for me. But it ended on Thursday after about four more phone calls with me finally getting confirmation. Like, ah, yes. So, yeah. I mean, like, after that was solved, eh, pretty uneventful. I had pizza twice. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fridays are, are kind of like a... Uh... A red letter day for me because I get to sleep in. Uh, I get to you know do the podcast, and then it is pizza day. So we always have pizza on Fridays, and we retire to the to the theater room, and we partake in this week's episode of My Hero Academia <laughs> with the kids and whatever else is on, and then we play video games till we decide to go to bed. So it, it's Fridays are a good day. Rest of the week can just shove it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it, it, my life is always full of social liabilities because that's just <laughs> my lot in life. But we have some people here on, on today's episode that are quite the uh, the 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 individuals. I, I'll just keep it that way. But let's start with our first story, which is we report on the Sun Journal, and this is he's been asking Walmart to pick up his trash for three years, but when he did it himself, Walmart called the police. You know, Walmart makes my life easier every day. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really care for Walmart. But if Walmart wants to sponsor us, I will. I'll wear a blue vest for a year. I don't care. 
This is being reported out of Mexico. A Bethel man who said he's been asking managers at Walmart in Mexico and Oxford to clean up their trash behind their store was ordered Wednesday to leave the Mexico property after employees saw him picking up trash near the Androscogin River. Androscogin? So the, the dude's picking up trash. Walmart calls the freaking Federales. <laughs> Uh, Tony Bennett said he advised managers at both stores for the past three years that he's had enough of the trash building up outside their stores. He said when he saw hundreds of face masks, empty Walmart bags, Dunkin' containers, and used diapers spread out, obviously rake down the riverbank Wednesday morning, he couldn't stand it. So he's saying that they're actually dumping trash into the river. Just want to point that out. Yeah, great. Yeah, way to go, corporate image. They literally raked, uh, he said. They raked from twenty feet to the uh, from twenty feet to the pavement all the way down the bank and dumped it over the bank right with all the leaves and debris and garbage for a hundred feet long, twenty feet wide, and put it right over the bank with all the other trash. He said he told the manager Wednesday morning, "You're the manager, and you're allowing this to happen in 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 the River Valley." I said, "164 and sixty four miles of the Endroscogan River." 3,530 miles of watershed and you're allowing your store to disrespect us like this and you're not doing anything about it? Bennett spent the morning picking up garbage behind the store, but after employees noticed him, managers told him to leave the property. When he didn't, Mexico police officer Lawrence Briggs Mexico police officer Lawrence Briggs I don't now, that is a twist. That was a Shyamalan <laughs> moment, man. <laughs> I don't even think I can comment on that. <laughs> I lived in Mexico. I was Lawrence Briggs, but I was never a cop. <laughs> well, store managers... <laughs> well, Lawrence Briggs arrived and Bennett left on his own. Store manager Scott Huddleston... <laughs> Manager Scott Huddleston said Tuesday that the corporate office in Arkansas has contacted someone to clean up the trash, but he didn't know when it would be done. Speaking by phone later Wednesday, Bennett said, I don't like, uh, I, I didn't like to get so emotional and so involved in all these things. I got other shit that I'd rather spend my time on. I've got grandkids, but if I don't do it, who the hell is going to? It's been three years and it hasn't got addressed. I can't walk away from it anymore. I love Maine and I love the rivers. Wait a minute. Wait a, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maine? This, this is Mexico. This is Mexico. Wait a minute. <laughs> Mexico, Maine? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking. Because <laughs> this is Mexico. A Bethel man who said he's been asking managers at Walmart in Mexico and Oxford. Wait a minute. I'm confused. Where's the Sun Journal from? Rumford and it's being by the Rumford Falls Times. Is there a Maine? Is there a Mexico Maine? Yeah, we gotta stop the presses on this one real quick and do some we gotta do some fact finding. <laughs> oh my god, there is. There is Welcome to Maine, Mexico, Gateway to the Western Mountains. Mexico is a town in Oxford County, Maine. <laughs> the population was 2,681 on the 2010 census. And they got a Walmart. 
way too go, man. That was I'm telling you, that's a Shyamalan movie, man, right, right there. <laughs> and, and the twist. Well, what a twist. <laughs> we're, such, we're such racist assholes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> whole story we're not really racist we're not really racist by the way but damn we look like it oh my god dude you better show your mexican tattoos on the video podcast that's all i'm saying (laughs) yeah i got the mexican flag tattooed on my leg people (laughs) it's who would have thunk that (laughs) yeah so yeah no see that's the thing though that's the now hold on now that we've like completely broken continuity from this freaking story because of this epiphany that we've had. You know, let's just let's just roll back to this. We've got a place in Maine that is dumping trash into a river. Like and the police are telling dude to leave. Like I I hope that this ends up with the police being like, "Okay, dude, clean your shit up." Well, the, the, we're talking like the Walmart is saying, yeah, crashed. the Walmart did say that they, they, the corporate has contacted someone to clean it up. Uh, Bennett said Walmart sh- uh, should build a 10-foot high fence along the whole area on the, river, the side of the river to keep trash from flying down the, uh, the banking and to prevent uh, snow plows from pushing the snow mixed with trash down into the river. Uh, he said uh, the Oxford store, as of Wednesday morning, was starting to clean the woods behind the property. They're trying, he said. But nevertheless, there is a there is a, ta- a tiny town in Me- in Maine called Mexico. That's that is we just this is this is I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, this next story is being reported by Reuters. Mike Tyson says psychedelics saved his life. Now he hopes they can change the world. <laughs> any, t- any kind of story with Mike Tyson trying to change the world is, is something worth reading, let me tell you. Because during his reign as heavyweight champion of the world, no one was more feared than Mike Tyson, who obliterated opponents with ruthless efficiency. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. He was a badass. Um, he beat everybody. This is... He really did including his wife. Uh, but all the while, the troubled superstar was at war with himself, battling an abusive voice in his battered head while he was battering wives. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate the fact that this guy's still a celebrity. Uh, has led Iron Mike to the brink of suicide. He said that all, change, all that changed when he began <laughs> taking mushrooms, more commonly known as magic mushrooms, and other similar consciousness-altering substances. Now the boxing prodigy from Brooklyn is experiencing a career renaissance, he said, as, in a result of the uh, psychotics uh, and spiritual exploration. Everyone thought I was crazy. I bit a guy's ear off. He actually bit both his ears. Uh, an upbeat Tyson told writers referring to the infamous 1997 fight against Evander Holyfield. You know, I actually watched that fight. And now I feel even older. 
I did all this stuff, and once I got an introduction to shrooms, my whole life changed. To be sure, many people have had negative experiences with these psychedelics, which can cause disturbing hallucinations, anxiety, and panic. Medical professionals studying them warn against self-medicating or the use of them outside of an approved medical framework. But Tyson, who turns 55 next month and impressed in his November exhibition against Roy Jones Jr., said he has never felt better. It's scary to even say that, said Tyson, who is also a cannabis entrepreneur. Seriously? I think, I bet you he's selling shrooms too. I think where I was almost suicidal to this now, isn't that a trip, man? <laughs> it's amazing medicine and people don't look at it from that perspective. I am cured. Humans have been ingesting psychedelics since the earliest days, and as stigma slowly dissolved, it's beginning to take, uh, be taken seriously as a psychiatric medicine. No, it's not. <laughs> there is still much to learn. Even former NHL enforcer Daniel uh, something or other, I can't pronounce it, uh, who was nicknamed Car Bomb for his, his violent approach to the sport. Oh, my Lord. And then it starts going on about this dude. But seriously? I mean, dude, you, you're you more into the uh, self-medicating than, than I am. So, uh, and, and when I say me, I mean not at all. So, what, what can you tell me about shrooms? Are they, are they the newest, latest thing? Let me tell you what. If I had mushrooms in my table right now, no one would ever fucking know. They would just see me running around looking like Felix the Cat. <laughs> I mean... My pupils would be this big, like big as a freaking grapefruit. I love magic mushrooms, man. I mean, I haven't taken them in twenty. I haven't eaten any in the last twenty years. You know, it, but it is one of my fondest memories of living in Mexico. That and peyote. Okay. You know, I mean, no, but I don't. But I will tell you right now, okay, like user beware like you can do some real silly shit on mushrooms you can do some real silly real silly stuff do i think it's a cure for anything no boredom <laughs> perhaps okay and peyote let me tell you what you better have a freaking chaperone if you take that shit like that's no joke so psychedelics they they're not a cure for anything you know, if it makes you feel good individually, then fine. But don't don't be a snake oil salesman, Magic Mike. Iron Mike. <laughs> it's Iron Mike, not Magic Mike. <laughs> well, whole other genre. <laughs> it, it sounds like he's trying to take take his take take the magic name with magic mushrooms. You know, it's. It, like I said, you know, if it's if it works for him, great. You know, people people do some really interesting things in in uh, you know in in the pursuit of catharsis. But you know, I I certainly wouldn't advertise or advocate for the use of psychedelics. I mean, like next thing you know, people are going to be trying to drive their fucking cars on this stuff, and that. 
that's a bad freaking day because yeah. you 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 take enough of that stuff man you you might think your car's got wings like yeah that, like it's... psychedelics are no joke man like you you really like if you take the right stuff you really can see you know the, the elephants <laughs> i can the see elephants. i can see sound <laughs> yeah i mean like you know I, I, who was it the who like the the rock band the who like back in the 60s like one of their big things was like you got enough people all together in the same place at the same time and taking enough acid you can time travel like that like like this is the rationale that you get from psychedelics okay like the yeah, well, it's not mushrooms. It's not natural. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It, like those things are meant for a completely different purpose, not a medical cure. Yeah, yeah. I can. I live in a town where we have, uh, uh, well, more weed shops than anything really. Uh, there is literally any everybody. Their mother has a weed shop in this town, and it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> everyone's got a weed card um sometimes a car will drive by and it's like damn i'm gonna get contact high it's kind of ridiculous uh i i it's bad enough with that i'm just kind of terrified of somebody driving down the street on shrooms man <laughs> i think you're right you kind of need a need a chaperone with that shit yeah i mean th no joke like you can really hurt somebody when you're when you're tripping on on psychedelic substances Right on. Well, see, one of the things that usually happens when I sit down to record is I have a neighbor. He's a police officer in the town that I work for. So I, I, I don't know how he does it. But every time I sit in my recording studio, this dude comes outside and vacuums his squad car every time. Today, we waited till he was done. And then a train showed up on a track that never has a train on it. That's gone away. But now I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on at your house. Because there is something going on back there. Yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is. It's... My uh my my neighbor, he he owns a landscaping company. And we live on a farm. Okay, with like probably five acres of, of land that we just have that we rent. And so we're responsible for, like, the, the maintenance of the lawn and everything like that. And how convenient is it that a guy who owns a lawn, like, a landscaping company lives right below me? Because he just, he takes care of all of it. And so that's what he's doing right now. He's cutting the grass down. And, yeah, I'd like to be miffed about it. But, uh, you know, he's doing it for free. Like I'd have to pay somebody like some serious bucks to get that taken care of. Oh, in, in the immortal words, words of Boyd Crowder, "Damn it, Raylan, your timing sucks." Yes. <laughs> well, no, he does it the same, the same like your neighbor, man, with vacuuming his car. It's, it's like Friday when we record. Like we've we, and we record at different times. Yeah, there, the, like there is no set time. We know it's going right. to be on Fridays. We know that, but you know it might be at noon. We've done them like ten in the morning. Yeah, and, and we've but you know inversely we've done them at night. We've done them at night, nine o'clock at night. 
I don't get I don't get it. Chuck, go away with your vacuum. <laughs> William, go away with your lawnmower after you're done cutting the grass for free. Right. <laughs> well, let me uh let me try to read this one and drown out old William there. This is being reported by NBC News. Homeless woman lived in man's closet for a year. <laughs> uh, th- honestly, this is like one of my irrational fears. You know, there, there's always been stories about somebody living in the attic and that the family never even knew they were there, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I have like an irrational fear of that. I really do. <laughs> and, I, but, I'm I'm the kind of person that loves like locks. I love cameras. I love secret um, rooms. I, I I love that kind of security. Like that stuff. I just really dig on it. If I ever have a house built, it's going to be so full of secret doors and stuff like that. But I'm going to have to check them all every night to make sure there's some homeless woman not living in them. <laughs> Ooh, that. Hmm. That would be like. A real hair raising kind of ex- yeah so what happened well yeah, a, 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 home, a homeless woman who sneaked into a man's house and lived undetected in his closet for a year was arrested in japan after her after he became suspicious when food mysteriously began disappearing police found the 50 year 58 year old woman thursday hiding in the top compartment of the man's closet and arrested her for trespass uh police said that hikiro uh Itakura, Itakura, uh, from southern Kasuya town, said Friday. The resident of the home installed security cameras that transmitted images to his mobile phone after he became puzzled by food disappearing from his kitchen over the past several months. On the, <laughs> one of the cameras captured someone moving inside his home Thursday after he had left. He called police, uh, believing it was a burglar. However, when they arrived, they found the door locked and all the windows closed. We searched the house, checking everywhere someone could possibly hide. Uh, when we slid this, uh, closet, this shelf cl- closet, there, was, there she was, nervously curled up on her side. Sorry, this is really hard to read. Uh, the woman told police that she had no place to live and first sneaked into the man's home about a year ago when he left it unlocked. The closet is part of a Japanese-style room, one of several rooms in his one-story house where the man lived alone, or so he had thought. (laughs) Police were investigating how she managed to go in and out of the house unnoticed, as well as details of her life inside the closet, and if she had taken anything besides food. She had moved a mattress into the small closet space and apparently even took showers. (laughs) The guy that lived there even called the woman neat and clean. Dude, seriously, how how many how many times have you done something where in your home where you thought you were alone and no one's ever gonna know about this? And then you find out this chick's been living in your closet the whole time. Now, I've never lived in my home and found somebody living in the closet, but I did grow up with ten fucking kids in my family. Like I thought that I was alone all the damn time. And then I got away with something scot free, and I never did. There was all, there was always a set of eyes. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not saying this to be insulting, but your mother kind of reminds me of a clown car. <laughs> Where the hell did she, ten kids is like just insane, dude? 
You know, it's it's funny. I remember we went to one of my cousin's weddings about, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. And every single one of my brothers and sisters was there. Like, my mom got it perfectly timed to where every single one of us in the whole clan could be there. And we're riding up on this... <laughs> on this elevator to the floor where our rooms were because we got a couple of hotel rooms and they were all right next to each other and my mom is standing in the middle of all of us in the elevator with her and she's just like and my mom's only like four foot eleven okay so she's standing in the middle of like this this gaggle of children <laughs> that she's created and she's just like cooing to herself and we all look over at her we're like mom are you okay she's like I filled up an entire elevator full of people. <laughs> I, was just, I looked at her and I was just like, yes, yes, you did. She goes, I filled up an elevator with people. <laughs> and she goes, and my mom was just like, that is an accomplishment. I was like, you could not get one more freaking person in here. You're right. You jam packed an elevator with people. Your mother, then, your mother bred a baseball team. <laughs> oh yeah. And the best part about it is, is that we went from the hotel to the church, and we took up an entire pew. The whole thing, side to side. It was just like, oh, that's that's Buck's family. <laughs> My lord. Well, our next story is one of our favorites as it comes out of the great state of Florida. Matter of fact, the next two stories do, but we're going to start with this one. Where a Florida man sprays woman with roach spray, breaks out nunchucks over loud music. <laughs> this is being reported at Daytona Beach, Florida. A man has been accused of spraying his neighbors with roach spray and attempting to use nunchucks on them, hitting himself in the head instead. <laughs> Over a loud music complaint, court records show, Larry Darnell Adams, 61, of Daytona Beach, is charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Oh, Lord. A charging affidavit filed with the Daytona Beach police officer states that the officer was called to a disturbance around 1.15 a.m. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m., folks. <laughs> Monday at Adams' apartment building where he spoke with five alleged victims, all women. According to their statements, two of the women were sitting in their car listening to music to celebrate one of the victim's 18th birthday. The two other women who were related stepped out of their apartment and asked the women in the car to turn the music down. The fifth woman was nearby in the parking lot. As the women talked, Adams came out of his apartment and became verbally combative with the women. The victims stood their ground as the defendant cursed and made vicious threats, at one time threatening to air it out. The woman took the slang as a threat that he would shoot them with a firearm. As the argument continued, Adams pulled out a can of roach spray and sprayed the women in the face and the bodies with the pesticide. <laughs> Adams then threatened the women with a set of nunchucks the officer wrote. <laughs> the women believed uh, him after he sprayed them with a bug spray can. What do you mean they believed? Yeah, I'd say he believed them. Uh, Adams used the martial arts weapon to strike the vehicle where the woman had been listening to the music. When the nunchucks inadvertently struck the defendant in the forehead. 
<laughs> the defendant then threw the nunchucks at the car. <laughs> the car was not damaged. I'm sorry. Uh, how? <laughs> yeah. But uh, either way, you know, nope. Well, it continues. Whenever. Adams called 911, as did one of the victims and the man who witnessed at least part of the incident. The, inv- the witness told investigators he saw Adams spray something at the women, as well as one woman holding up a chair in front of her to block the spray. Dayton Beach Fire Medics responded to the scene to treat injuries, which the affidavit says included a small cut to Adams' forehead from the nunchucks. His mugshot shows the cut and a knot on his forehead. The officer went to Adams' apartment to check on his daughter. Uh, while in the home, officers found the nunchucks, an empty can of roach spray, and a can of pepper spray. <laughs> officers also found a silver box holding a loaded 12-round magazine for a 9mm semi-automatic handgun and a total of 69mm bullets in a sock on Adams' bed where his daughter was sleeping. Uh, court documents indicate Adams' daughter is 7 years old. The bullets in the magazine were seized for safekeeping. Uh, the report did not specify if there were officers found whether officers found the gun that the magazines belonged to. When Adams was searched, he was found to have had a headlamp, a light, and some paperwork. What the heck? Uh, those items were also taken into the police station for safekeeping. Adams' daughter was placed in the custody of a family member, and according to the report, Adams was booked into the county jail without bond. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've played with nunchucks before, you know, like back, you know, like most, you know, young people, I got into martial arts for a short time, but I can tell you that they can do some freaking damage and I've hit myself with them. I can tell you that much too. Uh, I'm shocked that there was no damage to the car, <laughs> but what, what prompts somebody to get so angry? They're like, I'm going to take these nunchucks and this roach spray and I'm going to go take care of business. Bad, t- bad Indian food, Three Stooges marathon, along with binge watching YouTube videos of Bruce Lee nunchucking ping pong balls. That's yeah. those. That that to me would be the recipe for this kind of douchebaggery. Dude, there was a like, there was a day that I, I was I was at a carnival and there was a vendor, and I was way too young for this guy to sell me this shit. But he sold me a pair of nunchucks that were telescopic steel nunchucks. And they, they collapsed into about the size... They, they fit into a case about the size of an iPhone. And they'd go on your belt and you get a little switch and it dropped these telescopic nunchucks that it popped open into your hand. And I was at a party that I was way too young to be at. And some smart ass was sitting there going, Yeah, what the fuck you gonna do with those, man? And he puts the cigarette in his mouth and I literally just... Well, pop! And I knocked the cigarette out of his mouth without touching him. And for the rest of the night, I was a pussy magnet. Just saying. <laughs> Nunchucks aren't always a bad thing. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I just... I have brothers who, who have a lot of like martial arts prowess. And they did mess around with nunchucks. And uh, as a result, me being their big brother, you know, I also played with nunchucks until I hit myself. You know, I, but I'm, I'm very quick to learn from my mistakes. And after I hurt myself with something that I obviously don't know anything about, I'm pretty well done with it. Like, 
It's like, okay, oh, oh, uh, it's well, a real stick your finger in the light socket kind of moment for me. They are, they're, so they're dangerous. That. They're dangerous. And here's the thing. The guy that, that I knocked the cigarette out of his, his lips, he was shocked. Not nearly as shocked as I was <laughs> that I actually pulled it off. <laughs> right. Well, here's our last story of the day. And this is, again, out of Florida. Florida woman accused of biting, choking Uber driver during unprovoked attack. Florida, man. A Florida woman lunged from the backseat and attacked her Uber driver, biting, choking, and scratching the man, leaving him bloodied, according to the uh, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Records show Michael Stilwell of St. Petersburg was in an Uber around 4.45 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, it was Michelle Stilwell. I'm sorry. (laughs) When she started choking the driver while he was behind the wheel, first using her hands and then her arms in an unprovoked attack. Deputies say the victim tried to pull still pull pull over, but Stillwell crawled into the center console and bit the back of his neck hard enough to tear the flesh, leaving a bloody wound. I think this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. In an Uber, go figure. Stillwell was also accused of scratching the victim across the chest, leaving a red mark. She continued to scratch, claw, and bite the victim from behind as he struggled to defend himself, according to the affidavit. At some point during the attack, Stillwell slapped the victim's phone out of his hand while he was attempting to call 911. Deputies said witnesses saw what was happening and pulled Stillwell off the victim until authorities arrived. Stillwell is facing charges of battery and tampering with a witness. I'd say she tampered with him pretty good. She has since bonded out of the Pinellas County Jail. Oh, wow. Remember we were talking about mushrooms earlier? That could have been the cause. (laughs) You know, for a very short period of time, I did drive for Uber. uh, And I did it just because it was kind of extra money, you know, whatever, something to do. Um, I, I did not do what Uber said to do. Uh, one, I always had a camera in my car that was facing backwards. Two, I was always armed because <laughs> damn, um, stuff like this happening is not something that I want to experience. Uh, unfortunately folks, it seems as though Buck has disappeared from our call uh, i don't know what had happened on there i was hoping to get more input from him but you know it, it, there's a reason that those um cabs that you get in new york or wherever uh, have the pexiglass and they're like a police car one they usually are old police cars uh, but two people are crazy and you know it took a short time before i experienced like the drunk college girls uh, in the back of the car, and no one ever puked in my car, but no one also never attacked me either. And I'm I'm really glad I was able to get out of that situation before uh, it something did happen, because it seems like it's almost an inevitability in this kind of uh, society that we're living in. And the, the sad part is, is she probably isn't facing anything, but it is what it is. Uh, folks, I am sorry that we lost Buck, but we're going to end this episode, but we are going to pick up with episode 52 
and it should drop in just a couple of days. I'm going to try to get both those out this week. So please let's keep listening. Uh, subscribe on whatever platform that you happen to listen to, whether that be Spotify, Radio Public, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, doesn't matter. And look forward to the guests that we're going to be bringing you here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that being said, Buck is now texting me trying to figure out why his computer just restarted. So I'm going to leave you there, and I will get back to you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. 